Welcome once again to our daily devotional podcast. Today we want to talk about a very important question about how to live intentionally and whether we have started to, to live intentionally. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 15 and we'll read from what, verse 1 to 20. Matthew 15 verse 1 to 20. Let us pray. Father, your, our lives are so precious to you. Even though sometimes we think our lives don't matter as much, our lives matter so much to you. We pray then that you teach us how to live intentionally, how to live for a purpose. That as we read and meditate on your word, that you give us deep insights into your word, and then insights into you, insights into our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 15, verse 1 to 20. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honour your father and mother, and anyone who curses his father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honour their father or mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them, they are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, Explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The disciples were asked a question about the law. It was about cleanliness, ritual cleansing law. Why do you not wash your hands? Well, washing hands today isn't such a big deal. Um, I have a terrible habit of not washing my hands and still eating with my hands. But now with COVID, it's a bit more pertinent. But that wasn't the point in those days. In those days, it was about keeping a tradition. Customs, traditions, rules. These are things that we practice all the time. And they make life less complicated. We don't have to think about whether we should do this or do that. Instead, we have rules that tell us, when this happens, you do this. When that happens, you do that. Like when you're about to eat, you wash your hands. You don't worry about... Well, are my hands clean? What was the last thing I touched? Well, I didn't touch anything. I just washed my hands 10 minutes ago. So 
now that I'm about to eat, well, maybe I shouldn't wash my hands. But if you had a rule like wash your hands, always wash your hands before you eat, then of course it's a no-brainer. Just before I eat, I wash my hands. Whether I touched anything dirty or I kept my hands clean or I had just washed my hands 10 minutes ago, it doesn't matter. We just do it as of course. And this, these rules and customs and practices and traditions make life a lot less complicated for us. We just follow them and we don't need to think. The problem with that is that often we forget the reasons behind why we do these things. And often then we do them very blindly and unthinkingly because it's the most common thing we have been taught to do it. We've seen others do it and so we do it all the time. But knowing the reason and going to the root of it does make a difference to our lives. That is what it is to live intentionally, to have the reason for why we do things. Let's take a simple example, like saying grace before a meal. It's um, an accepted practice that every Christian um, says grace before they eat. And it was taught to us really early. I remember when I was in school, just an ACS boy in secondary school, and my classmates were really naughty because they knew that Christians would say grace. And when we said grace, we would close our eyes. And, and when we closed our eyes, they'd take all our things. So if we were eating fishball noodles, we would finish grace, open our eyes, and there would be no more fishballs in our bowl. And we did all sorts of things to prevent that. We would cover the bowl, cover the bowl with our hands and then pray, but we couldn't fight back. So... These friends would pry open our hands and take our fish balls anyway. Being of a less sanitary kind of person, I learned a very, in, very innovative way of protecting my, my fish balls. I would spit all over my, my noodles and then I'd close my eyes confidently and pray. No one ever dared to steal my fish balls. But you see, a question like this, just saying grace. Do we know why we say grace? Quite often we say, thank you Lord for the food. But do we only thank God for the food? What about thanking God for the day, for the rest of the day? Do we only thank God for the food and, and get angry and upset and ungrateful and, and just upset over the rest of the day? Then it makes food just a tiny bit of our lives. What about the rest of our lives? If we were to say thank you to God for the food, shouldn't we also thank God for the day that's happened, the conversations we've had, the blessings that we've received? Quite often we pray, bless this food to our bodies. Now that's a good prayer because it means that you care for your body and you want God to protect you and use the body, the food to nourish your body. But that is only if you eat healthily. If you were going to eat kway chap and chap kway tiao every meal, I don't think it's worth praying God bless this food to my body because it's not going to happen. You're going to eat poison and then say God remove the poison from my body? It's not going to happen at all. So. Why even pray if you're going to eat unhealthily? But if it is about health, then you think beyond just eating. You think about keeping your body healthy. Do you exercise? Do you rest well? Do you take good care of your body? Now, all of these things are important because when you say grace, when you say, Lord, bless this food to my body, you are really saying, God, I want a healthy body. And food is one, exercise is another, rest is yet another. Care for
for ourselves is important. And all this is implicit in that one prayer of grace. And sometimes we pray, Lord, bless the fellowship that we have. Now that's a very important prayer. And you, when you pray that, and that's usually what I pray for, I don't often pray that God will bless the food to my body because well, the food goes in and it comes out. And if it's healthy food, it's going to bless my body. If it's unhealthy food, it's not going to bless my body. So well, why worry about it? But I do pray for conversations. God bless our fellowship, bless the, fel the conversations. Thank you for our friendships. And for me, that's an important prayer because then intentionally during that um, that meal, I'm conscious of the things that I say, I'm conscious of the way I think of each person and the way I regard each person, and I'm conscious that God is present in this conversation and that He will bless that conversation. So even a simple exercise like saying grace, if we were to do it intentionally, there is much that it implies and there's much that we can look into. Let's take another example. We go to church worship service every week. Well, some of you don't, but, but you still make it a point to watch video. Now you want to worship God. And I, if I ask you, why do you go to worship service on Sunday? You say, obviously, to worship God. Now, if really worshiping God is the purpose of your going for worship, how prepared are you for the worship service? Do you walk in unprepared, having not prayed? And then you sit through or stand through the singing and you say, what, I don't enjoy this. And then you listen to the sermon and you fall asleep. And then you walk out and you thank the pastor and then you go home. Now, how much have you worshipped if you did that? What would you do if you were serious about worshipping God? A few days ago, or a few weeks ago, I shared about what I did with the prisoners who had the visits. Prisoners were most apprehensive about the visits because they were tense moments, uncomfortable moments of conversation with their family members. And I taught them one week before the visit, start to pray. Pray that God will bless that conversation with your loved one. What they saw were great miracles that the visits that they were so afraid of became visits of great blessing. And they left joyfully excited looking forward to the next visit, both they and the family members. Now, if we were to apply this to a worship service, imagine what it will be like if you started to pray a week before, or even a day before. I would say, well, it would be good if you started to pray a week before. Lord, let this time be an encounter with you. That as I worship with my fellow church members together, that indeed out of me will flow rivers of living water, out of me will flow joy. And as I listen to the sermon, it will understand, I will understand it and will cut me in my heart and teach me new things. As I take the Holy Communion, it will be a reminder of your great love for me, and that you love, live in me. Now if we were to pray a prayer like this every day before Sunday, or even the day before Sunday, and prepare ourselves and come anticipating God worship coming before you and you truly worshipping God now that would be intentional living that would be saying that I go for worship because it's important to me I am meeting God together with my fellow friends I may even want to spend 
in the morning, wake up and think of the many things that I want to thank God for the, the past week, that I want to worship God for, that my heart is so grateful for. Preparation for worship. Wouldn't that be so important if you really went to church to worship? And of course, there's the fellowship part. You could pray also before the worship service, before in the early in the morning, that God will help you to encounter someone and that you will be blessed by the encounter or that you'll bless someone else with the encounter. But preparation shows how serious you are about doing the things that you do. For students then it is, well, why do you study? <laughs> That's a difficult question. And sometimes your answer may be because my parents make me study, la, no choice. But could you perhaps think about studying for a purpose? Ever since I gave my life to Jesus, I realized that my life was for service to others, just as Jesus was a servant, that I would live my life as a servant. But as a servant then, as a student then, I decided that one of the things about being a servant would be to help others in their studies. I was thankfully a pretty good student and I could help others. But beyond helping my classmates, I also saw that it was possible to help others who were not my classmates, give tuition for free to people who really needed it, people who couldn't afford tuition, and that I could help in that area. But living intentionally then was to realize the purpose for what I was doing. I know of people who, after the A-levels, become doctors and lawyers and once asked one, a child of a friend, why do you take law? She said, well, my results may allow me to qualify. But why did you take law? Well, it was the top three law, law, medicine and engineering were the top three earners, wage earners. And so I decided law, it would get me lots of money. But I wonder if that is a good enough reason. Would you want to live your life just doing that? not knowing whether you love the subject, not knowing whether you love the profession, not having a purpose for which you do things. It's important then, as you study, to think about what is important to your life. Living intentionally then, as Jesus said, it's not about eating food unthinkingly. It's about what it means to eat Healthy, to be healthy. And ultimately, he said, actually, cleanliness is not about what goes into the mouth or what comes out from the heart. What Jesus was saying then is that we live from the heart rather than just unthinkingly. It is what's the most important thing is that we, we live from the heart. Now, there's something else that Jesus said that is very important. He says this in verse 13, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled out by the roots. What Jesus is saying is that your life is ultimately very, very important. It's not about living it through and getting, getting it over with. So much of our lives is lived getting over with it. We get over with our studies, we get over with our, with our careers, we end up retiring. 
And then what? Every life is important. Every moment of your life is important. But what Jesus adds to is live from your heart. Live and do the things that are deepest in your hearts. And that brings me to one other subject, service in church. Why do you serve in church? Now, I would hate it very much if you say, I serve in church because my pastor told me to, because my church leaders told me to serve, because I have nothing better to do, because there are lots of vacancies and no one was doing it, and so I just had to step up. That, I think, would be a sad answer indeed. And I want you to think carefully about what it means. Why do you serve? If you serve because the pastor had a campaign and he says now for this year everyone must bring a friend to church, wonder if that is good enough motivation. Ask yourself, what do I want God to do? What do I really want to do for God? Take evangelism for example. I could as a pastor tell you, let's all go out and do community outreach, let's go out and reach. But really in your heart, that's not what really touches you. What really touches you is that your husband come to know Christ because you love him so much, but he's not a Christian. What really means so much to you may be that your child, your child has gone wayward and left the faith and, and lived badly also, be brought back to Christ, taught and to learn and to know the love of Christ. What may really be important to your heart may be those friends of yours, those many friends of yours who don't know Christ and who live lives that you wish if they had known Christ they would have lived differently, that there would be joy in their lives. That may be what's in your heart. Or you may not even be thinking about evangelism at this point. All you want is to find God. You want to find God who is real, that the, the God who is promised in the Bible, that He is the treasure of great value, the pearl of great price. That may be what you are seeking after and you are dry and you say, people keep talking about God being joy, <coughs> following Jesus being the way of the light burden and the easy yoke. But I find life so difficult. Well then, forget about evangelism at this point. <coughs> Concentrate and focus on what your heart tells you. If your heart tells you this is what I seek, to know a God who is real, then focus on that. As a pastor, I've learned that it's very convenient to have campaigns and to get everyone to do the same thing. This year, let's all go on mission trips. This year, let's all go and reach out to the neighbourhood. But I found that if this does not touch your hearts, if this is not what your heart longs for now, I'd rather not do it. I'd rather you hear from your heart deep within, what do you want from church? What do you want from God? What's deep in your hearts? And so if what's deep in your heart is that your mother come to know Christ, focus on that and pray Pray earnestly and find ways. Talk to pastors, talk to your Chinese pastor, talk to me, talk to your staff, your church leaders. Find out ways where we will join you in prayer or join you to share the word, the gospel, to share Jesus with your loved ones. Look deep in your heart because this is really all that matters. For me, 
this has always been in my heart that those who live in despair those who mourn may be comforted those who are lost may find a God who loves them and who lead them those who are living tragic lives and helpless lives may really have the good news of God's rule as God as shepherd coming to them and leading them. I want to see miracles. I want to see miracles not for the sake of seeing miracles. I want to see miracles because I want to see God's word fulfilled in the lives of those he brings to me. That the brokenhearted will have the heart healed. That those living in deep conflict may find peace in their lives. That the sick may be healed. That those who are struggling may find the Holy Spirit present with them, giving them strength. I want to see these miracles take place. That God be real to each one. That indeed He is the good news to all who need Him. To all who call upon Him. You know, when I was uh, in Barker, there's this preaching point, Oasis. One day I went, I, I go there once a month. But one day, the Christmas Sunday, I went down and I met this lady. And this lady was so full of joy. She asked me, hey, so what did you do on Sunday? I mean, on Christmas Day. And I was about to tell her how I, how I did not enjoy my Christmas Day because I had to prepare sermon. And it's horrible having to prepare sermon on Christmas Eve to preach on, Sunday, on Christmas. And I was about to launch on her on these, all these complaints when she said, you know what, Pastor? I'm so grateful I was in A&E on Christmas Eve because I couldn't breathe. You see, this woman has a lot of organs damaged. She moves around in a wheelchair. She's very ill, very sickly. And she said, Christmas Eve, I just spent the whole night in A&E because I couldn't breathe. Something wrong with my lungs again. But praise the Lord, I was discharged and I made it to church on Sunday. God is really good. When I heard her story, all my complaints just faded away. Here was a woman full of joy. She wanted to celebrate Christmas with her Christian friends because that was the greatest joy of her life. I was introduced to another woman, an old woman. Husband had died of illness as had her first son. And then her second son died tragically in a car accident. She was left alone. And yet as I chatted with her, she had so much joy and so much hope in God. It made me cry because I never knew that the gospel would be so precious to someone who had lost so much. And I saw the word of God, the promise of God fulfilled in her life. These are the things that I long to see. And I want to live my life intentionally, looking out for opportunities to see these miracles happen around me. I wonder if you share some of these dreams also. If you do, then let's live together intentionally, looking at the things that we do and doing them from because of what we long for most deeply in our hearts. If we were to live that way, every moment of our lives would count for something. No longer living because we feel compelled to, 
no longer living because someone tells me this is the way I should do it this year or that year. Living because you know that God has placed precious deaths, precious longings in your heart and you want those fulfilled in your life. Let us pray. Father, you place your spirit in our hearts. A longing for you. A longing to serve you and to serve others. You gave us that freedom to choose how to live our lives. We pray that indeed we'll live our lives intentionally. No longer unthinkingly. No longer just doing, going through the motions of what we do. And that, Father, we may know that our lives are precious to you, far more precious to you than they are to us. And Father, to know that if this is the value of our lives to you, that then, for whatever length of time that we are on earth, that we may live our lives to the fullest. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well then, it was fun again sharing this time with you. Thank you and have a blessed day. Good night. Oops, sorry. Goodbye. <laughs>